0: Hello and welcome, to Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 157. It is your pals Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? 157. That's, crowd this time. That's right. We uh, we keep on cracking these bad boys out. <clears throat> it's quite an we ha- achievement. Well, now we kind of missed last week, and we had full intentions of actually doing one in person because we were hanging out together last weekend.
1: Too much going on.
0: You know, we have these ambitions and we never seem to be able to live up to them because we have such a limited time that we can do things that we just kind of have to hammer away at other things and can't get around to other things. You're
1: fitting too much in at one time. Like if we had an extra two days on site, of course, yeah, we'd be like, let's do a podcast, you know, because we can fit one in, but very very short window there.
0: It's just yeah, it was just go 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 the whole time for us, and go go go, and drink drink drink, and ski ski ski, and it was it we'll was an her- awesome time.
1: And we'll let everybody know about that uh, later on in the show.
0: Yes, that's going to be our, uh, our main topic later. <laughs> yeah, you know, and so we're sorry we didn't put one out last week. We should have said something too. With the last couple of weeks have just been a a whirlwind in just real life and. Ski life and fantasy land and we not say everything. anything because it was like
1: a black hole of of stuff going on.
0: It really it there was definitely some vortex bottle action going on. There was there's
1: vortex going, there's a lot of yeah, it was a uh, it was it was good and uh now I have a little uh sinus thing, head cold, whatever you want to call it.
0: Yeah. There was vortexery happening. That's, that's what it really comes down to. Running myself down, it's we did, we did post some stuff, but like, again, like I look back, I'm like, why didn't I post more? Like, why didn't we post more pictures, more videos? Yeah. I feel like I say that all the time. We do stuff because, you know, I, I'm a big believer in living in the moment and I'm trying to use technology less, but I also feel like we need to use it more because there's a lot of fun, cool things that we're doing that other people might enjoy too.
1: See, I just know if I use the technology, I don't, I have to stop and do stuff. And then I'm like, it kind of ruins the mojo and the flow of the moment.
0: Well, exactly. You're not living in the moment. You're not being present, which is part of what, you know, makes skiing so much fun and so great is because you're you're not tied to a device while you're doing it. You're going to kill yourself if you do. You get to just be in the moment, which is a rare thing these days. Yeah. Yeah. so again, we apologize for not having a podcast last week, but we have one now. So thank you so much for listening. Please check us out, skibumpodcast.com. If you could, go to your favorite podcasting apps, wherever you get this from. If you could rate us and subscribe, that would really help us out. Five stars would be an ideal review out of five, of course, not out of 10. That'd be kind of a dick move. But hey, if we suck, we suck. We're sorry. We're doing our best. Trying to get better every week. That's our goal. Get better all the time. And also, if you do love us, we have a website at Skibumpodcast.com And we have a donation section under support. We have some cryptocurrency links. We have... Do we have paid no, we don't have PayPal or, or Patreon set up? That's that's our summer camp projects, is to get those set up. Yeah, those are in progress. We do have a shop on there. We have some um some fun you know shirts and hats still left. There's still a few left of the two different varieties, men's and women's. So that's at Ski Bump Podcast.com slash shop. We're on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Ski We're on Pinterest, it's highfalutins and classic episodes are on soundcloud soundcloud at highfalutin-ski bum also on youtube also on spotify we're all over the place all the links are at ski dot podcast.com if it makes it easier for you to find it there and send us an email ski at at gmail.com we're still giving that stickers if you're still interested send us a dm on instagram or send us an email and we'll get them out to you so thanks to everyone who's been writing in Find us on
1: your Alexa, on your Apple device, on any anything. We're there.
0: We are kind of all over the place, yeah.
1: I'm not sure about that.
0: Oh, why not you Whoa. shut up?
1: Alexa, Alexa stop. Uh, yeah, be quiet. See? Look at that. She's listening. She's like a, she's like a little bird. She's listening.
0: Uh, she's like a little bird called the government.
1: The government. The I government. know she's not snowing
0: anymore because he got caught. Um, that was Julian Assange. Yes.
1: Same guy. I, I think it's yeah. conspiracy. Is the same,
0: same person? Guy. Yep. Imagine they are a father and son, like a spy team, like a father-son spy team. Why well, you think they, they can move around the world so quickly? Yeah, that'd be pretty <clears throat> pretty badass. All right. So with that, let's start us off the way we always do.
1: It's time for pray today.
0: Mario, what do you got? All right, so from operate with uh, <clears throat> the
1: upcoming in just a few short days, we'll be watching Game of Thrones again. Um, That's right, this that,
0: weekend, right?
1: Hell yeah! What do you mean this weekend? Of
0: course. So I've been trying to avoid like all the trailers and the spoilers and the predictions. Like I've been just trying to like like pretend that it didn't exist, so that yeah. when it does finally show up, I'm not like. You it's know, crossing out the days on my calendar i just want to again i'm going to be in the moment and when it's here it's here and great
1: yeah start binge watching right now
0: dude i read the books i have a freaking flow chart that i made when i was reading the books before the show was on <laughs> so i pretty much know exactly what's going down
1: nice i love how like i didn't even like i saw that little trailer i think they came out with like
0: there's like, a teaser was like, a couple months ago then like a trailer like last week It was like a one minute tra- teaser or whatever and always they showed a board
1: and like all the people are blogging about like, did you see how the smoke went on this? And they show that. I'm like, yeah, it could mean something, but you know what? <laughs> you know what? Wait too long. On this
0: it. is what happens when not having enough sex. <laughs> That's right. Just go have sex and not worry about Game of Thrones till starts. That's oh, like, some advice for you right there. Yeah. Smoke some weed, have a drink, go for a run, have some sex, worry about the show five minutes before it starts on Sunday. Right. How about that?
1: It's like the people that are getting ready for the NFL draft saying, I know who they're going to draft and why they should
0: draft them. I'm like. Dude, if you were that good, you'd be employed by one of the teams. How about that? You ain't Mel Kuiper Jr. That's the only (laughs) motherfucker who should care right now because he's the guy who gets paid to care. Oh, he's buying like, I used to have buddies who'd buy like the freaking draft, like the magazine and like the scouting combine and stuff. I'm like, why am I friends
1: with you? And they'd be like, here are my nuggets for the draft and here's my hidden gems. I'm like,
0: dude, who the fuck cares? Here's my hypothetical first round. This is how I think it's going to go down. Like, why are you doing this? You're not (laughs) getting paid to do it. You're wasting yeah. your time and mine right now. Yep. Your hypothetical no
1: is blown up after the first pick. because like, well, what did you expect that?
0: Oh, they take him. Oh. Oh, because the professionals, and they made a really good opinion because they know what they're doing. Yep. I don't tell you how to clean the toilets, do I? No. <laughs> That's right. Likewise, right so, most, everyone knows that.
1: So getting back to the topic. Uh, so because Game of Thrones is coming up, I saw this, and I was like, I like the label. It almost looks like it should be in a candy store. It's called dragons and yum, yum, dragons and yum, yums, the flaming lips by dogfish head. So I love dogfish head. I saw it and I was like, what the hell is that pink bottle? And it looks like if I was like a little girl drawing like something out of, out of made out of candy, this would be it like that. That's the label.
0: Well, the flaming lips are definitely, I don't know if you like, like their music at all
1: uh i don't even
0: know oh really they're awesome and they're super weird and they have some of the most fun concerts ever they always have like like inflatable like beach toys that are flying around like they're just a really fun like chill band so uh, i can completely understand why they have a pink label for their beer yeah it's cool they got little characters on it but uh so label drew me and then i saw i like dogfish head anyway are they still independent dogfish head they are right I think Pitbull owns him. Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> he's you know what? He's bought out the whole dogfish plant and he's like, we're just making Bud Light Platinum here now. Dude,
1: he he bought Bud Light and Bud Light Platinum. <laughs> <laughs> he just start fucking Pitbull just start buying beer companies. That's it. I got it all, bitches.
0: <laughs> well, have you like, so Kevin Hart he was on Joe Rogan's podcast this week or last week. Dude, yeah. that dude is in like, he's got like 10 businesses. Like that dude is all over the place. Oh, he's like, a good guy. I, like I feel like more. both those guys are kind of like similar, but different. Yeah. Imagine, like, not on they're that's just like hustling everything. and like, doing all kinds of stuff. But like Kevin Hart yeah. has like a company that, that customizes cars. He's got like a new vitamin line coming out. Like he does like, I mean, he has his like, own shoes from Nike. He's d- does like Nike. so much stuff. He's doing like investing, like investing advice with JP Morgan now. Hey, Lenny Dykstra, they did a whole thing on him. Remember that? Oh, was it, was he in mortgages or was like, what was his like, uh, his scam?
1: He he had car wash, uh, places.
0: But he was like laundering money or something. Was that it?
1: I think he was laundering money in the end, but they did this whole thing on him on, um, CNBC. I think it was, um, American Greed. No, it wasn't American Green. But it was like a
0: positive story, right? Like about how, yeah. like how he's hustling and how he's like. Well,
1: they said he learned how to do trading on his own. He read all these books and he was making really good stock trades for a while. But then it came out that while he had a great stock portfolio and was calling the stocks well, uh, I think he was on Kramer and everything. Um, and they did a whole special on him. He did great stock trades. But then behind the scenes, like his whole, what he was doing with his money just wasn't. Wasn't right and legit, so it was kind of fucked up. Yeah, but just saying, you know, anytime anybody gets big like that, it's like, well, all right, that's great for them, you know. I at hope it
0: point, works out. Hey, at one point, he had bought Wayne Gretzky's house for eighteen million dollars. Right?
1: Yeah, good old Lenny Dykstra, Lenny Hustle.
0: Wow, he claimed he had a fifty-eight million dollar net worth. Damn!
1: Damn! Yeah, he had a whole chain of like. Car wash and detail places. And then he was doing investing and just like, he was doing really well. Like, they were looking, I remember Kramer was looking to him for like advice and stuff. Fun.
0: That's why you got to set up multiple businesses so you can kind of hide your assets in different spots and not have it That's tied right. to your personal.
1: So you can Ponzi scheme it. It's all about the Ponzi scheme. It's all about the Ponzi. <laughs> so oh, he anyway. had some sort
0: of investing column where people paid like a thousand bucks a year. Yeah. Damn. Well, hopefully Kevin Hart and Pitbull aren't doing that with Dogfish Head.
1: Well, they do a lot of good stuff for charity, too. They, they seem like good guys. Them. Yeah. And they have, Kevin they Hart's like, awesome. And they party. They like to have fun. You know? Yeah. Same. Well, Pitbull uh, so, is Mr. Worldwide. <clears throat> he is Mr. Worldwide, so it would be great if he owned Dogfish. Um, <laughs> it would be like a, they'd have like a little hat. You know, Pitbull has a hat. They'd have a little hat on the dogfish on the, the fish, though. That'd be cool. Um... So anyway, Dogfish Head Brewery. So I saw this and, I, and it's an American pale ale, uh, 6.5%. So I was like, you know, let me try it. I always like all the dogfish stuff. And uh, it was this is pretty good. It's, it's almost like <clears throat> it's definitely a pale ale. Um, an American has that little taste that's a little bit more twangy. Um, and it almost has like a little bit fruitiness to it that gives it that tartness. And... It kind of tastes almost like a pale ale, but it's sour—a sour pale ale, you know. Huh. Um, so they're saying it's a collaboration uh, in equal portions with the Flaming Lips, uh, the group, you know, music collaboration, um, and lip-smacking tart pale ale brewed with dragon fruit, dragon fruit, fruit yumberry, passion fruit, pear juice, and black carrot juice. Or explosion of fruit in every sip. Black carrot juice? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> it, huh. I think I've seen black carrots. I don't know. Maybe Whole Foods. Maybe the rotting ones in the Walmart. Yeah.
0: So Dogfish Head, still independent.
1: Awesome. Still independent for now. I love it. it.
0: No, they were like, like, they're one of the OGs, man. They're like the guy who started it. He went to college in uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania and started this in
1: 95. It's like the one skier that's still holding out saying, "Nope, I'm not going to get bought up.
0: Don't you say that. There's actually a, a real correlation between the beer industry and the ski industry. There is. You know, like we have like InBev and Miller Coors are kind of like the icon pass and epic pass of <clears throat> beers. Like they're just buying up all the little local places and, um, you know, yeah. just, just kind of destroying the soul of beer. Walmart. Looking at beer. you again, Ballast Point. Suckers. Suckers. Punk bitches out there in San Diego. All right, what else you got, man? <coughs> the beer I got. We acquired last weekend. Again, you go up to Vermont and really, if you are a beer enthusiast and you have not gone to Vermont, you are doing yourself a massive disservice. It really is the most amazing beer state in the US in terms of the size. I think we've talked about it before. It has, I think, the most craft craft breweries per capita of any state. And we we definitely put down our fair share this past weekend. And we always try to mix it up a bit. But we have our old favorites. One of the ones that I had that I, uh, <laughs> we had to pay our bar bill. And one of our crew had no cash. And I'm not using Venmo. I don't like that nonsense. She didn't have Bitcoin. So she paid me back in beers, which... You know, I that's a, that's a lovely gesture. I will take that any day. Especially when it's good beer, not like a 30-pack of Coors Light or something. Wow. So what she paid me back with was from Burlington Beer Company. It's called it's complicated being a wizard. That's the name of the beer. It's a double IPA. I just poured it in a tulip <coughs> glass and it looks like freaking orange juice. It's so thick. It's so orangey. It's beautiful. I was blown away by how good this beer was. I mean, this is just a phenomenal beer. It's got so much flavor. It's, you know, a classic hazy IPA, but there's just no bitterness at the end. Just smooth, like velvety hop taste and feel. It's it's really tremendous beer. I am loving this. I like the can. I mean, this this... This this can go it can go toe to toe with any of those treehouse beers. I said it. Treehouse, uh, so good. The green or Julius or any of those. That would be a great battle. The battle of the bitches, kid. The taste off. Yeah. Oh, do it right in Brattleboro, right in the corner of Mass and Vermont.
1: Right. The green tree taste off a call.
0: Oh, yeah, this is this is so like every sip, I'm sipping it slowly and just kind of swishing it a bit. It's just really that good. Damn. Yeah, well done, good. Burlington Beer Company. It's very like looks like it's pulpy. Oh, it does. It it looks like pulpy orange juice. <laughs> it's pulping it. You strain it's so it. So smooth and good though. Good stuff. Great job, guys. And gals and non-binary gender folks, whoever's making it. Wonderful job. Mm, right. <laughs> Aliens. Yeah. Gophers, whoever you are. Gophers.
1: <laughs> right. So we got a, a story while we're still at AppParty. Um, so did you know that fake positivity they're finding out can push service industry workers to drink? <laughs> so so they
0: so, <laughs> All I think about is like the dude from office space who yeah. had like the hundred pieces of flair.
1: Yep. So, new research finds that people whose jobs constantly call on them to be fame friendly, uh, calling them to feign friendly emotions, often turn to the bottle after work. So, uh, it's a pretty long article and pretty well done. Uh, but they talk about, you know, um, they answered a whole bunch of questions. Like, so they, they got a bunch of people that work in the service industry. And they interviewed him and they asked him, like, you know, determine the amount of emotional labor their job entails. Uh, for example, using, you know, uh never to always, you know, how often did they have to exaggerate or amplify positive emotions, such as friendliness, happiness, enthusiasm, or gratitude. And, you know, I guess this goes into where, you know, you have a, a shitty day, but yet you have to like put on a smiley face because that person, you know, wants to see you dance and and like, you know. They, they want to have a nice, you know, dinner and, and a great, great time. Uh, so we kind of push through it and they're seeing um, it's consistent with the notion that such workers that used up their limited reserve of self-control while on duty or simply found their work fatiguing and unpleasant were ready to move quickly to some fun or escapist activity after work. And usually that turned into they get off of work out two drinks. <clears throat> so they're saying it's kind of driving them to drink. So they're saying it's a uh, it's a it's a pretty big cycle, and they're saying um, I'm glad they're doing research like this because I think Americans are one of the most productive workforces out there, um, you know. But it's kind of nice to see, like, okay, what what is the long term effect of that? Like, are you you know ready to freak out and you know tell people off that you work with one day?
0: You know, I fantasize about it every day, to be honest.
1: It's you know, it's interesting because you get pushed and pushed and pushed, and like at what point do you break? And it's like not everybody breaks at the same point. And then why are we pushing ourselves to this breaking point? And you know, I guess, you know, if you're trying to have a a restaurant chain or or some kind of service industry chain where or, or business where you want people to have a great time every time, if you're not feeling good one day. They want you to still, you know, the the employers still want you to push through it to give the customers the nice, happy, hey, you know, this is a great time. I hope you're having a great time, you know?
0: Well, part of that too is, you know, you want these people to have a great experience so they keep coming back and keep spending money there. Why? Because a lot of these big chains who demand this of their employees also are publicly traded companies that have. Shareholders and quarterly numbers that they have to meet, so if they don't meet their numbers because they keep getting repeat customers coming in, then the stock price goes down the stock price goes down, the company could you know go bankrupt right so there's there's you know I, I've been looking at a lot of different things and examining the world in a from a different point of view as much as possible lately, and it, it really is creepy the way again like Profit is so t- tied to everything nowadays. Like maximizing profit, I like look yeah. at, just look at if whenever they're building new buildings, you know, if you go to like an old city, well, relatively old for the U, you know, for, old for the U.S., not old for the world. Something like a New York City or a Chicago. You look at the older, more ornate architecture. You look at anything they've built new, like a new city, something like a Vegas or a Phoenix. Everything is, how cheap can we do this? Yeah. There isn't all the intricacies. Great the experience art. for real cheap. Yeah. Nothing is like made to last. Everything is made to be kind of disposable. Right. And, you know, I think that kind of plays into this too. I mean, everything's looking to maximize profit and squeeze every dollar out of people. And this sort of like fake nonsense to maximize the customer experience sort of plays into that as well. Well, in the
1: service industry too, in general, like, so, you know...
0: They don't get real. Most of those jobs don't get real dollar, like real wages either. Every hour they're all on tips.
1: Yeah. But like, it, you you know, some
0: wages made like $3 an hour or $4 an hour. And then they work on tips. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But like, you know, they want somebody that's happy and bubbly and, and very personable. But if that's your personality, then it's a right fit. But with the need for so many people in the service industry, now you're going and, and, you know, people need jobs. So, you're getting people that aren't that personality type getting into those jobs and they're having to paint a happy face on every day. And it's, it's tough. It's, it's, I think it's mentally trying, you know, it's kind of a, think about it. It's, it's kind of a living hell for some people. You know, they, Oh yeah.
0: I know my, my sister-in-law was a bartender for a bunch of years and I know she was a severe alcoholic. She dipped her, you know, did a little Coke here and there too, because again, you have to put on that happy face. You have yeah. to, you have to kind of squash a lot of your personality. I mean, you know, she has a personality where she could did a great job at it, but you know, every day you're doing it five, six days a week, working doubles. Like that can just grind you down to a nub sometimes.
1: Yeah. so Okay. Could lead to some, you know, issues. I think, I think people need to start looking at that more and more as we have people freak out and do some horrible things, you know, um,
0: well, you know, too, it's one of those things too. Like, are you in a place where you love doing it and you want to do it for your career? That's one thing. Or do you want to aspire to like own the bar or a restaurant or something? But or if you're like, you know, a teenager and you can like, you know, I'm doing this for three or four years when I'm in school, and then I'm going to go do something else. But I think it's those people who are just kind of stuck in it. Yeah. You know, it's like this is the only job they can get that they're qualified for. This is their going to be their livelihood forever. Like that. Just it's in a way, it's kind of you know depressing and can really, really mess with you.
1: I mean, service industry in, in general, like you, you get into the industry and it's like, you're kind of, it's kind of this forced lifestyle and this forced like, Hey, it's, it's time to go on. You're, you're on right now. You know, you're like on stage on, you know, on point, like time, time to dance for the, for the free meal. You know what I mean? And it's like, it's tough, man. I got to say it's tough So When you treat somebody that's serving you like, Pretty badly. Uh, I think you really need to think about that and be a little bit more human.
0: It's tough. And you said dance. And of course, the first thought I had was like stripper, because again, that's Service industry too. Yeah. Erotic dancers, those thunder from down under guys in Vegas, you know, like that's imagine like they have like a bad day and they're like, you know what? Like my cat's sick. Like I feel like crap. I got, you know, sinus infection. The crowd doesn't care. You got know, the, 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 the bachelor party coming to, to the Spearmint yeah. Rhino doesn't care. You know, <laughs> they want maximum performance. Right. So, yeah, you can't really like phone it in as much as you could if you have kind of more of a, a chill job where you're at a computer or a desk or something.
1: You know, thing about it, even if you're a waiter or a waitress, like people want you personable and chippy and, and they get, you know, it's one thing to be a little human where you say, okay, you know, at least you got good service. Maybe you didn't have the personality. Some people are just dicks about it. They're like, oh, they didn't smile at me. And they're, they were, you know, they weren't very, you know, personable to me. It's like, well, do you want a friend or you want a nice meal? Decent service. Like, that's what you, you know, what, do you, what are you expecting? You know, yeah. I think as we get a little more spoiled too, we go out and we expect more and more. And then if we're spending more money, we expect more service. Like, it's, it's a whole scale, sliding scale of stuff.
0: Yeah, and if, and you know, like I'm usually you know I've been I've had the restaurant job, so I I try to be very like forgiving of people, but there's some days where you're like, you know, like oh, we went to a restaurant near us here, and we put our order in, and we didn't like nothing came back for 20 minutes. Like he didn't come back. Like well, we didn't the basic like, stuff like, like we didn't have like we ordered drinks, and they were not there for 20 minutes. It's like, yeah. are you kidding? Like, that's the manager's fault, you know? Like they actually yeah. had to, like like she came over, she's like, oh, we just send him home. He was having a you know, a bad day. And that's yeah. like, again, you, you try to be understandable and, you know, you know, you do your, everyone's trying to do their best, but it's, uh, yeah. like it takes a lot for, for me to get pissed off at a waiter or waitress, because again, you know, there's you know, stuff absolutely,
1: You've been in that situation. Yeah.
0: Exactly. You don't know what's going on behind those doors in the kitchen. Like it, it can be a, a goddamn war zone back there.
1: Yeah. but Yeah. We don't want to drive into drink, So don't be assholes to them. Sounds good.
0: Yeah. Another reason why you should legalize weed. That's right. Which is a perfect segue.
1: Boom. Let's get into the Genjula.
0: This is a jam for the ladies right now.
1: Jam, jam for the ladies. You got to talk like these ladies.
0: <laughs> Talking that very white voice. <clears throat> so, marijuana may improve women's enjoyment of sex. Boom. Yeah, I said it. About one third of US women have used marijuana before sex, a small study suggests. And those who do report increased desire and better orgasms. Nice.
1: The research I surveyed call it orgasm.
0: That's right. Researchers surveyed 373 female patients at an OBGYN practice in an academic medical center in St. Louis, Missouri. Overall, 127 women, or 34% reported using marijuana before sexual activity. Women who use marijuana before sex were twice as likely as those who didn't say they had satisfactory orgasms, the survey found. Wow. And women who regularly use the drug, the drug, the plant, were twice as likely as occasional users have satisfying orgasms. Huh.
1: You know, this is a big... I, I guess it's a pretty big industry for women if they don't have that orgasm like you see like the sex toy industry and the only reason i'm saying this because I, I couldn't sleep last night so i woke up at like four in the morning put on the tv and they have this whole adam and eve freaking they have sex toy thing have you seen that thing i have girl, not some girl and she's talking about the sex toys and then boom we have this on sale and you can do it and it's vibrator after vibrator after jerker after all that. it's like Holy shit! What a huge industry, like because we're not we don't have something like this maybe to, to get you there. I mean I don't know. You know everybody needs a little help or something.
0: <clears throat> yeah, and I wonder too if something like I you know because marijuana is still illegal in a lot of places, especially you know less so in the U.S., more all over the world. If that personality trait that would make you go, oh, I'll I'll try marijuana is the same trait that would make you be a little more honest and a little comfortable with your body to you know yourself allow go. yourself to have yeah. be a little more free and to have that that orgasm because right. you know i know i don't know personally but a lot of women i know have problems with orgasms <laughs> <laughs> none of the
1: ones but, i've been
0: with just saying. none of the none of the ladies that i have been with have ever had a problem per se <laughs> Um, But no, like it's one of those things. You know, it's almost like uh oh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I have no. I well, hear
1: stories where where women will say like I've never had an orgasm. I'm like how, how 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 can that be? Like, well, a
0: lot of times, bad. but yeah, but a lot of times they're very repressed in uh, most other parts of their life. So right. having so you that if that you comfort want, would help. Having that that feeling that you know that yeah exactly that there is like a, a vulnerability they're not allowing themselves to have. You know, right. they're like not almost not comfortable in their own skin. Yeah. So maybe that's where the marijuana
1: comes in, loosens everybody up, lowers the inhibitions. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to have 20 PBRs to get there.
0: That's true. <clears throat> it's a di- very different very different feeling in a way more positive way. So yeah, this is a this is a pretty cool study. And I really wonder where I would love to see someone like uh, some of these old crusty Congresswomen. Bringing up this study about having a how to push the legalization, yeah. Um, have like Sandra Day O'Connor being like, We're gonna legalize it, (laughs) best orgasm ever. I just like the fact that
1: they're finally doing studies with it because years you know past they they haven't been able to do anything, so it's good to look at it and see. Well, what let's demystify it some more, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, so now Connecticut is stepping up next. we have the uh, Connecticut Judiciary Committee approves three cannabis legalization bills, so they um on Monday, they approved three bills that would legalize possession of cannabis for adults twenty one and older and expunge prior drug convictions so it was a twenty one to nineteen vote in favor of the general legalization bill um after a debate, and they got it done so Connecticut already made medical marijuana program uh, legal and they're serving over 33,000 patients, which is pretty impressive. Um, you so, know, yeah, so just, I was
0: uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I found this article and you know, the same bullshit argument by these moronic politicians is yeah, I, I joked about it before, but it's exactly what they did. Again, there's two different politicians here, and I'm calling you out, Senator Dan Champagne. This bill is selling out our youth and this other hooker here Mr. as champagne, a mother of three in champagne room. Yes,
1: Name another the room after that guy.
0: As the mother of three teenagers, I can't support legalization. Our kids will say, if it's legal, how can it be bad? Because when you legalize something, you normalize it. Man. Like, they Again, these dipshits are always trying to blame this shit on the youth. They have no problem fucking them over with Social Security and debt and housing prices. But when it comes to marijuana legalization, that's where they're drawing the line. So because they're, they're all oh this this chick she's a senator out of Greenwich, so I'm sure she's got plenty of bars and restaurants and liquor distributions and um, all kinds of business entities where she's making money off legal, loop social lubricants.
1: So she's okay with her kids looking at opiates and uh, things like Night Train and uh, Four Logos as being
0: that's all perfectly good legal, options, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, why not? Yeah.
1: Besides, she's from Greenwich. They, they're going to have good weed anyway. Like, Greenwich. what are you talking about? I'm
0: sure her kids are all Adderall'd up. They're probably on several, like, you know, Ritalin and other ADHD medicines. But that's totally fine because they're legal and that normalizes them. Mm.
1: And then they did mention in this article, Meanwhile, legislation bill, uh, someone who this died in the New Jersey legislature. Fuck you, Jersey. Womp.
0: Womp. I'm saying, calling you out, New Jersey. Uh, this state, I mean, it really is just a. It, it really, you know, there's a a term called the Jersey Turnpike shot. It's when like they take, whenever the bar rag, like you, like the bartender will just wipe the bar off with all the crap that was on there and squeeze it into a shot glass and you drink it.
1: There you go, fella.
0: That one really is just an accurate description of what New Jersey is. It's just a collection of everyone's just garbage and piss and vile and nonsense just streamed through one little state that's Mm. really what the state is well and then they get really old and crotchety and then move down to florida so yeah while they
1: drive through through the cvs's with their big freaking cars they they say oh i don't know weed is weed for madness it's gonna
0: make everybody crazy yeah but i'm on 37 different pain medications right now right that's that's all fine
1: and that's why they drove through literally the CVS.
0: So. Yeah, every time they go to the doctors, another prescription they give them. Yeah. You know, but those are okay because they're from my doctor, my doctor, he cares about me. He doesn't want me to have anything bad happen to me. No, all that doctor gives a fuck about is getting you out of his office and getting you a prescription. I'll make you shut the fuck up.
1: So I was talking to one of my, one of my friends whose dad was a doctor for many years uh, now passed, but he said his dad used to get really pissed off at insurance companies. And we started this whole talk, you know, discussion about what do doctors really do now, right? So they come in, you come into the office, they diagnose you, they say, look, I'm going to give you this medication. That runs up against some database at the insurance company. And the insurance company can come back and say, why did you start questioning? Why did you do that? We should have given them this or that or the other thing. Or they have to get approval to do something. So then it, now they're regulated almost by what they should do by the insurance companies. And it's just this this bullshit thing, you know. At that point, then why don't you let the insurance companies do the doctoring? And you know, I'll see the patient, and then you can tell me what to give them. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's come down to. Yeah,
0: you know? it's spot on. It's almost like you you can't leave. Like most patients don't want to leave till they get something. Yeah, so just give me a prescription for something.
1: <clears throat> and doctors know, oh, I can't give you this because the insurance company is going to tell me I have to try this before I try that because this is a cheaper option. It's like. So it's not a better option; it's a cheaper option, you know. So they can they can give you the the drug that's gonna, you know, cure you or give you the good treatment that you need, but they have to try the cheaper ones to see if they if they cure you first.
0: It goes and back to my it goes back to my profit argument too. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's that's the whole bottom line with everything is to maximize profits no matter what. Bunch of shills. It's really gross.
1: There should be no insurance in this company. It just be Do- just.
0: Interesting fact that I discovered. you know that the 401k was not created until 1978? Oh, really? It used to be Social Security would just take care of you when you Well, that's when, they,
1: that's when they started dipping into Social Security heavily, right?
0: Well, part of it was the U.S. went off the gold standard in 1971. So the dollar wasn't backed by gold, so they could just keep printing the shit out of the dollar and keep making as much as they needed. Yeah. And it made the dollar worth less and... They they realized Social Security wasn't going to last as long as they expected it to. So they had to create this whole other little structure, the 401k. And they had to brainwash all of us to make sure we invest as much into it as possible. But <coughs> all the financial companies that run these mutual funds would grow and grow and keep making more money because we all believe we have to use them to have a retirement. I've so- been going down as rabbit hole lately. I'm really just... I'm well, becoming well, like I'm look gonna look be a the, prepper in like two years. I can fucking see it now. And I'm trying to stop it, but I can't.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you even look at um the retirement age now it went from sixty-five to sixty-seven. They want to push it up to 70. And it's like, what the fuck? So we're just supposed to keep going on and on and on and, until we just drop dead.
0: And, yeah, but these politicians, their salaries aren't going down, they're not getting their fucking benefits cut, they're still getting grade A um, health insurance yeah. when they retire. Mm-hmm. It's fucking disgusting. It's becoming a ruling class, just like with the stuff that they tried to uh, prevent when they signed the Constitution.
1: Yep. It's a, uh, yeah. Haven't had have nuts. Well, they're, they're shitting on the Constitution every, every chance they get.
0: hmm It's really getting scary out there. Fuckers. So if they come for your bump stocks, don't give it to them.
1: That's right. They're going to try to shut down Bitcoin. Don't let them do it.
0: No way. Keep running your node. Run it through a VPN.
1: Take my cryptocurrency from my cold dead hand. Exactly. My cold dead hard drives. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that went down a bit of a dark place. Oh, yeah. But where are you bring it back? Well, Too I was watching,
1: So today I watched... Um, I was catching up on uh, American Gods. So the okay. second season. And there's this rant that the one guy has, the one... Anansi, the one one guy, he's like the guy who promotes freedom, and he does this one rant, and I was like, wow, he had a lot of good points in it. That like, if if you look at like the life that you live, it's set up in the system that the people at the top have set up, and you basically are running through, thinking you have a choice, but you're just following through the system the way they want you to to run through it.
0: that's like again the whole 401k thing you know maximize your 401k you may never live to go see that shit you're just all you're doing is making that mutual fund company wealthier every time you dump money into your those funds every paycheck yeah
1: And, And and again you know if you think you're not falling into that it's like so what is the what is the path everybody takes they go to school then they go to college then they try to get a job
0: well they go to college and get in debt. So you're what? already you're already down three yeah, hundred grand and you what? get a shitty job making thirty thousand dollars because mm-hmm. so the money you've invested, you, that's your return on investment. Because
1: that's the system. That's yes. the system now. It's yeah. crazy.
0: And oh you know what? You you deserve it. You get a new car, you know? Yeah. Get yourself something nice.
1: Well, you need a car to get the to j- get to a shitty job because you have loans now so now you got to pay those off so why not go into more debt get a car because you got you got to pay off your student loans then you're yeah. doing that for how many years and then well you need a place to live so why not go into more debt
0: yeah you know? get, get a nice tv you know and make sure you get a brand new iphone and you get you got to have make sure you have spotify and netflix and amazon prime and you know like you're a cord cutter but you also have Two hundred bucks worth of subscription services every month that you're yeah, that you're right. getting, and God forbid you're working, you know, seventy hours a week, so you don't have time to cook. So you got to go buy food every night and order you know, for thirty bucks uh, a meal. Yep. But it's yet, such you a. F- you're,
1: but yet you believe you're free, and you're t- you're really not. You're in this system of like you're you're just a. In some ways, you're a slave to to it.
0: I just got a book called The Sovereign Individual, and that's kind of the whole premise of the entire book what it is called mastering the transition of, uh, to the information age mm. and, uh, two renowned investment advisors and authors of the bestseller, the great reckoning bring to light both current currents of disaster and the potential for prosperity and renewal in the face of radical changes in human history as we move into the next century. Wow. And it was written a couple of years ago. Um, nice. but that's kind of what it talks about is like how you can find a way to, uh, to avoid all these traps and all this bullshit and really live the life that you, the most free life you can. Well, think about it. Avoid uber, a
1: lot of this shit. Well, think about the uber rich upper class. Like, we're always amazed how, like, oh, you know, we're, like we're upset and we're pissed off and we're amazed that, like, they don't follow the rules that we believe are set for everybody and they step outside that and they don't get prosecuted. They don't have the same shit happen to them that happens to us if they do the same thing. And then you start realizing after you see it happen more and more and more, it's like, okay, there's different rules for them because they're the ones making up the rules. Exactly. It's like, you know, like, we think that we're all following the rules, but we're following their rules. Crazy. Well,
0: that's exactly what marijuana being illegal is. is a bunch of people who have a a bunch of grownups who are allowed to tell a bunch of other grownups what they can and can't do. Right. In what is a supposedly free country?
1: Well, cryptocurrency is the same thing. They know, it's gonna it's gonna rock their their pillars of what they have set up. So they don't they don't want it to just run wild. They want to they want to slow things down. They want to regulate this. They want to regulating means they want to get their claws on it. So they're making they want to squash it. And share it or they want exactly. to make the biggest profit out of it. Till they say, okay, yeah, now it's good because we have a system where we're gonna we're going to make it make out better than anybody else.
0: And that's the beauty of Bitcoin. It can't be sued. It can't have a, it's CEO arrested. There is, there is no one person that's running it. Yeah. It's that's, that's the most insane and beautiful thing about Bitcoin.
1: Well, it messes up everybody because think about why people aren't using cryptocurrency. Now you don't understand it because it doesn't follow the concept you have of reality in the system that we have in place. You know, like, oh, there's supposed to be government backing this and a bank that that says this is real. It's like, no, the only reason we all agree that a dollar bill is a dollar is because we agree on it. It's a freaking piece of paper. It's not even backed by anything.
0: That's what money is. It's a social contract. No matter you know what it's it not is, not even money. It's promissory notes. Now they're just federal notes by the Fed Bank. They're they're not even real. They're not the even dola- yeah. The dollar used to be backed by gold till 1971, or it used but
1: to we- be backed by the government, even if it wasn't on the gold standard. Now it's a promissory note. That's all it is.
0: That's all it is. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's the promise that it, it will be worth that money from the federal bank. Right, it's up, man. But they
0: just keep printing more and more and more of it. Yeah. And look at look at the dollar right now. What you could buy, a hundred dollars today versus a hundred dollars in the year two thousand. I re- read a stat yesterday. It has lost thirty percent of its of its uh, purchasing ability. Thirty percent. That is bananas. That's and that's all again because of inflation. But what is inflation? Well, it means we're just printing way more, making what you have worth less. Wait a minute. So I'm just supposed to accept that? Like so, every it's another tax on us, really, another two to three percent tax every year because whatever we've saved and we, we've wasted saving, uh, it's just going to give us less purchasing power in the future.
1: But what they've done now is they give you less purchasing power. But then, hey, you know what? We have a Walmart brand of this product. So now you can buy more products at cheaper prices because they're making the products shittier, watered <laughs> down. They're not the same product, you know. So now you have a dollar store. So walking to the dollar store, like oh, I bought twenty items. People, that's why people love going to dollar store. Like I can buy shit there. I feel like I, I went and did a whole whole bunch of shopping. You know, it's worthless garbage, but it makes people happy. Main China junk. <clears throat> why do you think dollar stores are doing great? It's amazing, right? I still People just want to people want to go through that experience of just buying something that makes them feel better.
0: I hate stuff. Like I hate junk and I hate having like just clutter around despite my big cluttery wall of tools behind me, which is actually, I found my hammer. I lost this hammer back in January (coughs) and I found it yesterday and I was so happy. Um, in the garage. Ah, my garage isn't even that big. It was just hidden behind some stuff. Oh, I'm I cleaning up. My garage, yesterday man. and I found my hammer and I, you have no idea I felt like Thor like I felt like I found my hammer. I was so happy Good. but like I hate junk I hate the, I hate the smell of the dollar store. It just smells like just sadness and pee plastic, plastic just yeah. cheap shit. It's almost like yeah. when you got those like when you were a little kid and you went to a birthday party and you got like a shitty goodie bag. Yeah, like There's nothing it. I want in this goodie bag. It's all crap and that's what the dollar store smells like. It's all made in China.
1: It's, a, it's, all, it's all like plastic extrusion low like that kind of crap. Junk. All this junk. But Man. the good part of it, if you get a the dollar store and you break it, oh well, chuck it in the garbage. <sighs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. recycling. There's nope. no recycling straws there. Just chucking it right in the goddamn
0: garbage. Right in that Pacific garbage garb- patch, Right. Because chances are grown. it's
1: not even recyclable
0: plastic. No, it's it's just, that cheap. Just junk. All right, you definitely spun off on a crazy tangent there. <laughs> but I think we needed that.
1: Let's go to ski news.
0: Now we are entering mid-April. I think it's safe to say, and I'm sure a lot of people are starting to think about putting the old skis away for the season. But the good old bomb cyclone is rolling through the middle of the U S and it is saying, nay, good friends, wax those skis. Don't put them away. <clears throat> interstates, the more interstates were closed for hundreds of miles in the Midwest and Plains Thursday as a bomb cyclone brought a major winter storm to states in those regions. Some towns that just days ago We're experiencing sunshine and temperate weather are now under one to two feet of snow. So not the biggest ski areas, Nebraska and South Dakota, but they're still under a blizzard warning. Minnesota, Wisconsin, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, they're all all facing big winter storm warnings. Snowbird got about 18 inches over the last two days, uh, about the same at Alta. They're getting pounded also in Colorado. So it's, they're saying in Denver, it was like 80 degrees the day before. And then the bomb cyclone came and dropped like a foot to two feet of snow the next day.
1: Nice. You know, freaking that's throwing everything off. Sure. Animals were like, what the fuck? Yeah. That's coming out for spring.
0: I know they're like, up, oh, get back in your hole there. Pucks, Tony, Phil. Stupid ass groundhog. Ah, oh, he just sucks that guy. This year he's like, he's like, old oh, springs around the corner. Haha. <coughs> uh-huh. Did he actually it's, talk? <laughs> um, last time I checked, Puck's Tony Phil did not talk. And now yeah. it's already 10 weeks. He said like six weeks of winter. How about 10 weeks of winter? Yeah. Bitch. And what? you know what? This, the bomb cyclone hasn't even hit Pennsylvania yet. Right. Yeah, but it fills his whole stupid little hole.
1: <laughs> Fill his hole. Fill his hole.
0: Fill his, hole. <sighs> fill his hole p-h-i-l pucks a ton, fill his hole nice bomb cyclone that's perverse bomb cyclone bomb
1: bombing him. all right next we move into the 10 deepest snowpacks in north america right now as of april 8th so snow beans reporting so uh we're gonna start with number one boreal mountain california boom 277 inches. Snow Pat. Squaw Valley, Alpine Meadows, California, 236 inches. Mammoth, 225 inches. Bam. Sugar (laughs)
0: Bowl. I love how all these resorts are within like 10 miles of each other. Yeah.
1: Sugar Bowl Resort in California, uh, 223. Donner Ski Ranch, ooh, bad place to eat. 222 inches. Donner, I wonder party. if
0: they have any, like, funny, like, menu items. Donner, party of five. Yeah.
1: Uh, Kirkwood, California, 210. Sierra at Tahoe, um, 196. Homewood Mountain uh, Resort, California, 186. Mount Rose, Ski Tahoe, Nevada, 184. Uh, Mount Hood, Meadows, Oregon, and, or, slash Wolf Creek, Colorado, uh, 171. Those are both at 10, so...
0: So the top nine are all kind of in the same spot. Yeah. Well, Mammoth is a little bit further south, but they're all in the Sierras right there, like the yeah. uh, the the California border. Getting pounded. So Wolf it's pretty. Creek cold and strong, though. Yeah, Wolf Creek and Mount Hood. They're the uh, Mount Hood's always kind of there. I mean, they really only close for like a month or so out of the year. Yeah. But this is, I mean, you know, <laughs> it would be really cool. Close, right? mm, no, they do. I think yeah. they... I don't know if you can hike up or not. Mm. Again, you know, you whatever, whenever it's like state or uh, national forest, there's always... Some stipulation. Rules for closing, yeah. But it's, it, it's so crazy. Like, you know, there was... Was it two years ago or three years? I think it was, must have been three years ago when they had that terrible winter out in Tahoe. It was like yeah. two bad winters in a row. Yeah. And then it was like three epic winters in a row after that. So it goes in these little... These little cycles, and it would be so cool to just be one of those, you know, those like nomadic folk who just, you know, follow the snow every winter and just like park yourself and, you know, it's like we're not even leaving this area like for this whole winter. Like we don't have to because the snow is so good, but you know, if it's bad winter there, it's like hey, they're getting slaughtered down in Tows. We'll go hang there for a couple of weeks, and or ah, eh, here, here in Whistler is going to be great. Let's go head up there for a couple of weeks. It was,
1: like, it was funny. I was talking to Austin this week and. Um this past weekend and he was talking about him. and His brother finally were chasing the, uh, they chased the weather. And he said for him, it was stressful as hell. Cause he's like,
0: he's a planner, gotta, right?
1: He's a planner. And he's like, well, what do you mean? We don't know where we're going. Like, <laughs> we gotta get tickets. We gotta get freaking hotel. And I guess Cody's done in a while. And he's like, no, just, just don't worry about it. We'll, we'll plan it. And he's like, fuck, I, he's going crazy. He said, you definitely have to be mentally prepared for it. Cause like, you'll, you'll lose your shit trying to chase, you know what you want to do, but there's a lot of factors. It's like, you know, when's when's a storm coming? Is everything going to be open? Can you fly in? Can you get to where you you need to? Like all those factors are. So he said he was a little freaked out, but he he liked it. uh It's pretty funny.
0: It's embracing the chaos is really what it is.
1: Yeah, you just got to be uh ready to roll with whatever comes up.
0: If you're like one of those type A people who's used to like control and planning, and then this someone throws that into your uh, your your that monkey wrench in there, yeah. you're going to lose your mind, but I feel fucked that. I'm
1: supposed to get in at two o'clock to Tahoe and I'm going to be skiing. Like you, you're messing my schedule up. Like, you know? Yeah. Crazy. Now, right,
0: right. Right, what else we got next up? Icon versus Epic oh, season pass comparison. A showdown. It's a showdown I'm waiting for this
1: comparison. I knew somebody was going to do one.
0: Yeah. The good folks on the snow put this out last month, but we're just getting to it now. But they do have a a nice numerical breakdown of Icon versus Epic. Mm. And it's a really nice chart because they they list out a lot of good information based on different regions. And I think they're doing this because they really want to help people figure out exactly what works for where they are. Or so, where they're planning for next year, right? Yeah, because you know they're on sale right now at the, the maximum discount. So you could, you know, choose what works for you. Uh, right this should now should
1: drive like where you're gonna plan on going next year.
0: And you know what's really crazy? Like I I don't think I've talked about it in the podcast, but I talked to a bunch of people this weekend about it, that I was watching a Ranger game a few weeks ago and they actually had commercials for the icon pass yeah, during yeah. the game. I was like, wow, that was really surprising. So I don't know if it was because like Wall Street people in New York just got their bonuses or tax refunds or something. So Some early to stupid Ranger fans. That's what it is. Yeah, because you know what? They're not <laughs> watching any playoff hockey, those Ranger fans. Oh, that's right. They do all the, the planning they want. And they're not getting the number one draft pick either. That's right. The devil's got it, right? <sighs> Crazy. Yeah. Bunch of New York
1: Ranger, no hockey playing bitches. They can get their Epic or icon pass, have plenty of time to look at that.
0: Whomp, exactly. Sorry,
1: I, I have to say it because I, I don't like the rangers.
0: Yeah, no one does.
1: I like the players. I don't like the organization at
0: all. Just one of my things. The organization. The organization. <laughs> So, looking at this pass here, what's nice is again the way it's broken out. So, they have it broken up by the regions. So, if you're looking at, say, the Rockies, perhaps it shows Icon Pass. You're getting Winter Park, Colorado, Eldora, Copper, Steamboat, Aspen, Snowmass, and they created an average, uh, an overall score, and it shows your total vertical drop. You're getting fifteen thousand feet. Beginner, intermediate, uh, terrain. They do a uh, an average, so 53 per each of those, You know the average for those mountains. Uh, advanced and expert terrain, 47%. Skiable acreage, 14,000 acres. And then average snowfall, the average uh, for all those, 321 inches. And they show Colorado, Solitude, Brighton, Deer Valley, Snowbird, Alta. And it shows how many you get, because some of them are unlimited, some are seven days, depending on which pass you get. So this does a really nice job of of digging into the numbers.
1: Yeah, it's a good breakdown because, like, <clears throat> being up in the northeast where you are, like, you'll look at this and be like, if you're going to ski Killington a lot, like, you definitely got to go Icon, you know. And then that's going to drive maybe some of the other trips you're doing, right? But if you're open to skiing like a Chemo and so, now you got option to do Epic Pass, you know. So it's it's depends on where you're going to plan on being. Yeah. Let's just buy price?
0: both passes. Buy both. No, no what you you have
1: to do is Donate to the Olympics. It's like that ten thousand dollars. Gold card, right? Gold card. Go anywhere you want. Just boom. It's it. That's even better.
0: I said epic path, not pass. <laughs> but this beer is just I mean, this beer is seriously good. <laughs> like I'm I'm enjoying it so much. Nice. Yeah, so if you, depending on where you live, where you're gonna be where you want to travel to for vacations. This is, this gives you a great breakdown of what is going to work for you. So we'll have a link in the show notes at ski podcast.com. If you want to check it out.
1: All right. Next up quick little story here. There's a few weeks old, but uh, it's cool because they have the pictures of, uh, on there. Uh, Lindsay Vaughn finally goes to the prom. So there was a fundraiser event and I guess, um, it was a charity fund fundraiser. And somebody invited her, so she went. And um, on March 30th, she went to her 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 the first prom. So it was in Vail, in honor of her charity foundation. Um, she came out in a, a pink mermaid dress and crimpled hair. So it was kind of cool. It was like a little throwback, um, but it was, it was really, it looked like she had a, a great time. Everybody had fun. Uh, she said the only, the funniest thing was that she was Pretty uncomfortable because she was definitely the, uh, the you know not the youngest person by far. So,
0: <laughs> well, I love too that Johnny Mosley was there too. <laughs> I remember like seeing that picture and yeah. I I tweeted something, I tweeted something out. I was like, I'm like I bet Mosley sp- uh, spiked the punch with some <laughs> Mount Gay rum. That's awesome. Because you know what, if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna spike the rum. Or spike the punch with rum, do it with the one that's sponsoring you. Yeah, that's right. It's like I got a fire hose full of Mount Gay rum. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: But yeah, it looks you know, good for her. Why not enjoy it, you know? Um being a being a young athlete too, like they miss all that. People don't don't remember that hey, you know what, somebody's bitching they didn't make their prom, somebody famous, they probably not make their prom either, you know, depending on what they do.
0: Dude, prom could be the most overrated Event of your life.
1: It's a really expensive, like planned shit show that is just really never. In my, it never lives life. up to the
0: expectation.
1: Yeah, it's, it's just stupid. You look back, you're like I don't even know why. Why? <laughs> what the fuck was I doing?
0: Yeah, because we're dudes and women are going to be there, and they sucker us into going to these dumb things. Should have gone fucking. Let's scenes. be honest. Should have gone fucking skiing.
1: Right. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Boom. Jackson fucking jumped out of a helicopter. I could have spent the money I spent on that shit. Yep. That
0: would have been the move. God again, damn it. The things that you just don't know when you're younger. Young you and stupid. The knowledge. Young yep. and stupid. Young, dumb, and full of you know. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
1: like If I could do it all over again, like if you know those movies where you go back in time or something or like you turn into a little kid again, I'd be like, fuck this problem. I'm going
0: skiing bitches. I'm out. That's right. Be great. Backcountry. You would not regret that one bit. No, not at all. I'd also work my ass off. I'd
1: be hardworking and trying to retire at like age 30.
0: That's for sure. Yeah. And speaking of backcountry skiing, there was an article in Outside Magazine, their online website, talking about A ski area with no chairlifts is the next big thing. And this is an article by Mark Peruzzi. And he put out an article in March talking about, you know, how skiing could benefit from a handful of backcountry areas with no lifts, but just offer, you know, gear and guides and rentals. And, you know, he's like, oh, a bunch of Russian trolls and, you know, Russian bots responded to my article. He's like, but it turns out there's a company called Bluebird Backcountry who reached out to him. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're creating these like prototype backcountry ski area concepts that they're doing. And they've done it on a couple of weekends in Mosquito Pass, Colorado. And it took a hundred... What a messed up name, Mosquito Pass. Yes. You know these names they, they all have names they're, for a reason i'm sure there was some sort of like malaria mosquito outbreak that happened there and they're just like but pff, you know what this pass sucks but it's faster to go this way <laughs> you get attacked by mosquitoes we're calling it mosquito pass
1: dude even if i'm skiing that i think i'm bringing bug spray
0: probably <laughs> they said they took a hundred skiers all human powered into the high country where they tested everything from skin track logistics to cost, to sustenance. And for the prototype events, they hired Colorado Mountain School Guides to guide the lead groups. So it wasn't a free-for-all.
1: It's pretty cool. They did like... It was a prototype season. And I guess... So they're trying to test out the concept before they put it into full full action of having a place where you just hike up and ski.
0: Right? Yeah. They said they're doing another one in April. So a little later this month at winter park, where they're going to do a test of inbound backcountry. country. Mm.
1: Well, I like some of the things they did too. Like, so they did, <clears throat> um, they played around with the pricing to try to find out pricing. Like what, what was, what people like, they made sure there was, uh, out of a hundred skiers, they said some were new to, uh, backcountry and skinning up. And some, you know, some were advanced, so they did a, a good mix of people. Um, and they even set up a skin track bacon station, right? At Ten <laughs> pounds worth of bacon, and uh, they distributed to people going uphill. You know, so they give them something to eat. So it's pretty cool.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's it's a really cool concept, and it, this seems like it's going to lead to something bigger, like a whole new boutique ski industry. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I love the idea because, you know, as much as regular skiing is fun, like just the whole adventure of of having to hike and earn your turns makes, it makes so much more sense. And it's, you know, with all the the lift line congestion and people falling off chairlift, dusting off snow off their seat, like there's, yeah, there's a lot of reason that makes this attractive. And it's going to well, be interesting to see how this kind of evolves over the, the upcoming near future.
1: Well, not of that, they're also talking about <clears throat> some of the areas like Aspen and stuff where they have areas that are they want to develop, but they don't necessarily want to put lifts in right now. So they can actually develop these areas without doing anything just by opening them up to, you know, do the avalanche control and, and have some services that kind of mobilize there but aren't like currently there. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well that's whenever they open up a new lift somewhere. You know, I remember they opened that one up at Jackson when we were out there a couple of years ago. It was open just that year. And people were pissed because it used to be a spot you had to hike up to to ski off of. Yeah. And now that they had a lift that, you know, serviced that area, it made it less special. Right. So a lot of these places now, you know, you're you're getting these these treasures that people can can hike over to or skin to that you know who knows maybe one day they open up a lift to it or maybe they just leave it the way it is and people can can go enjoy it that way
1: well look at whistle when we hiked up to do the glacier Mm -hmm. like that was not a far hike up it was a tiny little What is it like 10 minutes to just walk on your skis it wasn't really a hike up but just that little bit like kind of at least weeds out some people and it's kind of when you're up there you're like all right there's no lift here It's just kind of like you got here, now you get ready and you go down, and it's kind of open and, and nice, you know. so it's nice to have that.
0: Oh, yeah, it's great.: So it's going to be really cool to see what this this company' is able to do. So we should reach out to them too, and see if we can maybe talk to them or, or maybe even partake in one of these these group ski hikes.: Yeah, could be awesome. Very cool. Very cool. And that wraps up the ski news for the week. So on to the main topic. Mario, you want to kick us off with this?
1: So this past weekend, if anybody wasn't watching, um, <clears throat> Brian and I actually were together. We made it up to do a trip, maybe the last trip of the season. Maybe not. We don't know. We, I don't think we ever say it's the end. Um, it's never the end but so <clears throat> Killington mountain, a lot of, a lot of mountains right now, they do their end of year activities. Right. And you know, a lot of them do pond skimming. They have concerts and parties and stuff like that. Uh, kind of for Killington mountain, which was our home mountain for many years. It still is. Um, <clears throat> the mogul challenge, which is an open amateur mogul challenge, open to anybody to do moguls, as long as you're not a professional, I guess. Um, but, uh, it's open to anybody and it's a big party on the mountain. It kind of signifies the end of the, the real hardcore season. And I think they still do a bunch of events, but like, this is like the big end party where a lot of the ski houses will end. So that's kind of where <clears throat> this is, but it started out as like a big party in the parking lot during the mogul challenge. Cause people would be competing. They wanted to, you know, help out and um, they'd want to support their friends that were, you know, going as amateurs, like, yeah, I'm going to do the mogul challenge this year, you know? So it was like a big party in the parking lot. People used to set up, there was one of the houses used to set up like a a stage with a band and have like a blowout party. And then I guess when the mountain got bought out, they started stopping that. They were like, no, you can't have that in the parking lot. You got to buy food and drink from us. And they kind of killed it. People were really pissed off and they just started doing it anyway. So, they stopped fighting it and they were like, all right, now, come on, we'll just cordon off a little area. You bring tents, chairs, couches, grills, whatever you want to bring right at the bottom of the mountain there, watching the mobile challenge. And it's a really cool, like, little village like that gets set up. And uh, people just have a good time. So, it was a lot of fun.
0: So, you had done this for a bunch of years, right? Like, you've been there several times.
1: Yeah. And it gets to the point where, if you're setting up your little area you pretty much pack your stuff up at night you get up at like 4 30 in the morning you go at 5 to wait in line so that when they open the parking lot you can get in and get a parking spot so that you can start unloading your crap and set up your little spot so there's a lot of setup and then people filter in and out usually everybody makes like a theme shop and you hand it out to people uh if you're lucky like us you know a good amount of people where you don't really set anything up. You just kind
0: of go in and hang out with a group. And yeah, there was no getting up at four o'clock. I got up at seven 30 that day.
1: Yeah, that's right. And it was glorious. And you just show up, you contribute a little, you hang out with, with friends and, and that's it. It's all, this is a big party.
0: Yeah. yeah. So a big shout out to the, the folks at the K zone, yeah. kzone.com, which is a Killington message board who were able to invite us into their area. Yeah. And Rusty and Rusty for being the the master of ceremonies over there. He did an amazing job and yeah. you know, he was running the grill. He was running the shot ski. He was, you know, he in charge horse,
1: he had the horse hat on.
0: <laughs> no. Oh, well, that was the, um, the, the hockey, the sound tigers or whatever, which is like yeah. the minor league hockey team by him. in Connecticut
1: yeah, tiger hat. That's what it was.
0: Yeah, it was like a tiger mask he was wearing, <laughs> exactly. but yeah, it was, uh, I, I had no idea what to expect. Cause I'd never been to one of these before. Yeah, you know, I heard yeah. they were always a big party and what do you, you know, think? It, I I was blown away by how many people were there. I mean, I was really surprised how how big it was. It was you a know? fun, chill time too, right? It was very fun. And you know, it was very chill. Unfortunately for us, the skiing that day wasn't so great. Yeah. You know, we, we went up, luckily we went up Friday or Thursday morning, both early, early Friday morning. You guys were up there Thursday night and Friday was actually an amazing day. Friday was good. Conditions were fantastic. Nobody Uh, on the mountain. Nobody was there. So it was just, it was a one, it was, it felt like it was probably the last really good day based on how much snow was still on the ground, the conditions. It only
1: got up to, I think 37 that
0: day. Yeah. It stayed cool. And then it yeah. snowed a little bit in the afternoon and at night. But the next day, it got up to almost 50. So at least. I think it went been Wasn't it hotter, hotter than that? It felt really warm at times, but... Um,
1: we we would have had to get out there like on first chair to get like an hour or two of good, good runs in, but it got like all sloppy and just beyond mashed potatoes.
0: It got really sloppy in terms of both the snow and the people on the mountain because... Yeah. People were, I mean, this is one of those events, almost like a St. Patrick's Day kind of feel. We're hammered on them. Yeah. It, people are just boozing like early. <laughs> so people are out there drinking early and then skiing in questionable terrain. It got, I mean, there were ton-
1: bogles and everything they can. It's like, wow. Oh,
0: dude, there were spots like, you know, there's there's certain spots where you know you can kind of like just bomb down and you know i'm a i'm a big fan of bombing i love speed i'm a bomber and there's certain spots where i was like oh my god i'm gonna kill myself because the snow would just catch you yeah and and it, again like you you could kind of plan where you're gonna go but this you couldn't tell what the condition how grippy that snow is gonna be and we did maybe four or five runs and we're like you know what i am not blowing out an acl in Too these dangerous. shitty conditions like yep. Fuck this. Let's just go hang out and, and enjoy the festivities. So, yeah, yeah, we, uh, it was a great day to be hanging out outside. And it's funny because Andrea the next day was like, I think I got like a suntan because we were out there for a while and the sun was nice and strong. And, you know, when you've been inside most of the winter or the, it's been, you know, cloud cover and cold, you don't get that, that feel of being out in the sun for a long time. She's like, I actually got a suntan. This is great. Nice. But it was well, a lot of fun. I again, like I said, my first time. Um, K zone people were great, and just watching the f- other people was was half the half the fun. Because, and I watched maybe. Fourteen seconds total of the mogul challenge. I will be honest, because again, you're talking to people, you're looking around, you're you're hanging out. Because again, people are like the there's like one group with like the retro, so they're all wearing like the '80s you're outfits. The guy with the real mullet. That was that guy was, was committed. Committed. Yes, that's all you can say. It's great. There's like all these girls wearing like those. There was that that one lady. She was wearing like the freaking like Jane Fonda like. It was like black. It was like the workout outfit with the thong on the outside.
1: Yeah, with the like lightnings.
0: Yeah. yeah, like there was just. That's funny. It was just people There's were funny. Stuff. There's a lot of throwback. There was Black Evil Knievel. He was there.
1: That's right. Some people dressed up in costumes. There's like a Power Ranger running around.
0: Um, we say bear, a few bears, guys in bear suits. Bunch of bear suits. I think oh. there are people who were like furries usually yeah. in the summertime. Yeah, And they decided to bring out their furry costumes for, for the ski festivities. That's what you do, man. There was wow. the people <laughs> crushing the, the Franzia box. Yeah. That was one of the guys in the bear suit with the girl. They yeah. Crushing. They were, they were doing the, uh, the bag slap of the Franzia. They were uh tour de Franzia. <laughs> that
1: was awesome. <laughs> but it's funny. So they hold it at the bottom of our limits. So outer limits is well known um, for, you know, the Olympians have, have trained on it. That, that's been their home mountain who's it? um don weinbrett right that was her home
0: mm-hmm.
1: mountain um but <clears throat> so at the bottom of of our limits which is a really long run on the one side halfway down the mountains where the mogul challenge is all set up so above that you could just watch it was pretty crowded because people are like they're getting boozed up and they're like watching the mogul challenge but they're not in the mogul challenge so I like you could do it bro let's go do it, man. We're just going to do outer limits. And they're just like, just throwing themselves all over the mountain. So it's kind of fun to watch that too. It's just like carnage. And you're just like, wow, look at him wipe
0: out. Also too, I think they were closing bear mountain, which is where outer limits is this weekend. Yeah. So in shutting it down, it's like you're getting your kind of last licks in. Right. Especially because like when that thing starts melting, you just start seeing those giant boulders all over the place. Yeah. It's crazy. So it gets really gnarly, really quick. So I think, you know, again, it lost, a lot of it was uh, people getting their last shot in there, but people doing the boozed up runs, there was definitely plenty of those too. That was good.
1: So for the event, um, I got to say like a lot of the people in it that I noticed were doing well, were in Killington mountain school. So that yeah. is a school that like people can go into it. Um, and it's kind of like high school, right? It's like, uh, one of those like boarding school, high school things.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure what age starts if it's earlier than that. It might be even earlier than high school.
1: Yeah. But well, we were talking to someone and they said they don't know the exact price of it, but it's something like 30 grand a year or something. <laughs> 20, Thirty grand a year. I don't know the details. I could be talking shit, but that's kind of what they were talking about. I was like, wow, so that's legit. But when you go into that, I guess you're going to high school and you're training as if you're like an Olympian, like you're on that track. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know what? It's the same thing with any of these these sports that cost a lot of money. It, if you want to be elite, you have to put that the money and the time in. And, and you're not going to just send your your schmo kid there to do that if he's right. either not committed or if he'd rather be doing something else. But yeah, if you're if you're got a kid with those kind of skills and you can swing it, it's one of the best ways to get them either a scholarship or you know, Olympics, whatever whatever they want to get to. Mad skills, mad skills. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And again, when you have good weather for it, it makes it, it makes it really enjoyable. And they had a band out there that James Junk Show playing. Yeah, they had like band. Like it was just you know, time really flew. Like we, you know, we chatted with some of our friends there, and we, you know, with you know my schedule now with the little guy and you being in Florida, like it wasn't. There was times where it would just be. norm just going up there every weekend or over the weekend and hanging out and it was different now because we don't get to do that as often so it was just a lot of a lot of fun just chatting and hanging out with people that we used to see more often but we don't anymore right and since it's the end of the ski season we're going to see them even less the next couple months so
1: it was just we we ran into a lot of people that we had seen you know
0: Dude, I think me and Skip are officially like brothers now. Like, we really. <laughs> 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 him and I were chat chatting for like three hours.
1: Yeah, he's a fun guy. I hung out with him at Justin's wedding for a while. He's a really cool guy. And he's a good dude. Uh, and then a few people from the ski club we ran into. Not many. Um, I would I mean, thought we'd see more, to be honest. I, w- I thought we'd see more. Yeah, but uh,
0: I think we were pretty quarantined in our area. We didn't need to like. We didn't go get all chit chatty and mingling too much. Yeah, we don't walk around and mingle. We we're just kind of hanging in that area. Uh, because we had everything we needed. Had the shot ski. We were doing shot skis with... The, See, I didn't do any... I, I was trying to keep it together. I didn't do any shots. Except for the last... Me and you and I shared some bourbon at the end. That was it. Yeah, but the shots we were
1: doing in the shotsky were like mimosa. So they oh, was it? Like, they weren't shot shots. Yeah, they okay. were... It was like champagne or mimosa or just something small. Like, it wasn't...
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. But we didn't have the shamrock <laughs> shake shots. Shamrock shake shots. And the yeah,
1: those were not real shots, like hardcore shots either, but they were good.
0: We can't disclose the recipe. We'd be told that we would get our Achilles cut if we did.
1: Yes. But it tastes
0: like a McDonald's shamrock shake, but has alcohol in it. Yeah. And cool whip. I'm going to make those. I'm going to make those. For Dude, party. those were...
1: I'm, I'm gonna make it in a bowl and just scoop it out. And-
0: you know what was so amazing was that we were look we we were missing one of the key ingredients, and some serendipitous way we found that Dr. McGillicuddy Spearmint Schnapps in the freezer, which is exactly what we needed. I almost think that was
1: in the freezer for like two years.
0: Dude, that might have been there from like the first year we were up there, like 2014. I After feel like that was came through again. That that might have came with Justin's condo. Like that might have been in there when he bought it. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: They yeah, were like, ah, this is close enough. Let's use this stuff. Man. Dude,
0: It's so funny. Like, you know, because when you buy a vacation condo, like a ski condo or even like a, you know, beach, beach places too. A lot of times you buy them furnished. Yeah. You know, like people do, they leave all the furniture, the, you know, the flatware, the pots, the pans, all that stuff. And sometimes people leave shit in the fridge and freezer. Like, I feel like there was some sort of booze that like, he just was like, oh yeah, it came with, the place. came with the place. That's the kind of thing that would just be in the freezer and like, no one would drink it. And like all of a sudden someone's like, oh, isn't that in there? Maybe you can use that as an ingredient.
1: Well, our old ski house that we did in Mount snow, there was that whole cabinet of just like stuff that people brought up and never brought back.
0: Dude, there was some there were some gems in there too.
1: Yeah, we, we were going through that one night. We were just drinking out of there one night. It was pretty like garbage man. But uh, dude,
0: how much bourbon did we drink <laughs> each winter at that house? That was a lot. That was a bourbon house. Dude, we would drink like a bottle a weekend. Well, and like every other it was every every fourth weekend we'd go up there.
1: Well, it wasn't just us. Like bringing like there was other people bringing like good bourbon up.
0: But on. between the two of us, like we would drink a bottle a weekend. Yeah. Like we drank a lot of bourbon. We got a lot of that
1: bourbon at the Seven Eleven, man.
0: Oh, bourbon!
1: Oh, <laughs> bourbon!
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's it was a lot of fun this event, and you know it's it's always a bummer. I driving up. I was I've been saying to myself, you know what? I'm gonna embrace the spring. I know me and Andrew want to try stand up paddleboarding this spring and the summer, and like kind of be positive about the summer and yeah. be positive about the spring. And as we're driving up. You get to parts of, you know, southern Vermont, because we're driving up from Connecticut and driving up and there's spots where you see all the snow starting to melt and like mud season in full effect. And I had a mini panic attack. Like this happens, like people have get seasonal depression in the wintertime. Yeah. I get seasonal depression in the spring. Like it freaks me out. I'm like, oh shit another ski season's over. I haven't done Corbett's. I haven't gone hella skiing. And I get into this like, then all of a sudden I start hitting Pink Floyd's time in my head. I hear yeah. the clocks going off like, tick, tick,
1: tick, tick, so You got to start tick, planning tick, for next season already and then make the most out of your spring and, uh, and summer.
0: I know. And you know what? I hit it as hard as I possibly could this year. <coughs> and this, you know, we skied on Friday. Steve actually gave me the ultimate compliment. He's like, I haven't skied with you seriously since we were out in Telluride. He's like, you look So much tighter, so much smoother in your skiing. And I was like, thank you. Like that, that is like the ultimate compliment. It's like, and that's what's so cool about this sport is that you can still keep getting better. Maybe you're not hucking off giant cliffs like you would when you were 20 or or doing like the stupid shit to impress the ladies at Vail looking at you, Gary. But you know what? Like you can still technically you can keep improving. You can keep getting better better technique you can be getting smoother you can get more limber you, there, you can keep getting better at this
1: you definitely alter it because we were going through the terrain park a few times and you know i'm not doing any rails i'm not doing did some jumps but not anything big just kind of whatever
0: just kind of chilling
1: through it you know
0: yeah
1: don't want to hurt myself that's um, now i'm looking at longevity
0: it's true you want to be that guy that in that that 90 year old club out in alta
1: well, so I was talking to Skip and one of the things that was kind of touching for me, um, he said he went skiing, uh, this year with his dad, his dad's 80. I was like, that's wow. fucking awesome, man. And he said his dad, he, he was, wasn't born here. He was born in, uh, I think Germany. Dresden. And, and yeah. And he used to ski at Hitchcock. So he's like, he has his Hitchcock jacket and he's like, I want to go back to Hitchcock. He told me That's him, like, awesome. So I think it's just pretty neat. Like when you, when you have that longevity, it means a lot just the people around you to be able to do that still, you know.
0: Yeah, it's like one of those things like you know, talk about the uh you know the Alba Adventure folks last week in the interview. They're that's their whole thing. They're you know, family that skis together stays together. And yeah. if you can keep it, keep it in your, your family and keep everyone out there and going to the mountains and looking forward to these trips, you uh you really can build a tradition. And something that you guys can all do together, which is is better than any sort of video game or watching movies or, or anything. Yeah. The adventures you can have on the mountains together.
1: Special place. Well, like you said, I was getting a little depressed too. I was like, oh, fuck, man, the whole season's over. But make the best of it. Now I'm starting to bike, you know, that's what you gotta look for.
0: But also there's a beautiful, wonderful opportunity in South America.
1: I'm saying that's not, that's Did not off the get table. Get your Powerball
0: tickets for tomorrow. It's not off the table. That's, that's still in play. Yeah. It's always in play. That's right. Yeah. And again, look at, you know, <laughs> look at the, the snow they're getting out in Colorado <coughs> right now. Yeah. And in Utah, they're getting, you know, a foot to two feet on top of their pretty solid base. They already have. Well, I say, the
1: month of April, though, if we look at a lot of ski areas, they have a lot of cool events. They'll have beer festival. Like I think, um, they usually do <coughs> pond skimming this mogul challenge they did another one at mount snow which was similar um there's usually a beer festival uh a ton of concerts like a ton of good like concert um you know bands coming and, and playing out on the mountain so they make it really fun and festive so spring skiing is it's cool even for the festivities just to go
0: yeah, the nicest thing too is if you do have a couple trails that the snow is good on, is that you can ski like later in the day. You know, like that having it light when it's yeah. late is kind of nice.
1: Yeah, very nice.
0: Again, if the snow's good, if it's seventy degrees and you're just like you're watching the the rivers grow beneath you because the snow's melting so quick, that's not so fun.
1: Yeah, strip down your t-shirt and watch the band that's playing. That's true. So Hang up.
0: Yeah. So let us know if there's any other cool events that you are going to or that we should keep our eyes on for the next couple of weeks because we're always wanting to keep people informed about ideal spring skiing adventures. Hit us up, ski podcast at gmail.com. Under the ropes. <laughs>
1: Mario, kick us off. All right, if we are to do something in space, I know SpaceX is launching the, the Falcon Heavy, which they didn't launch yesterday. Uh, there's a lot of, like, the, the race for space is on, and the race is going to the moon, and then they're talking about, well, also the twins, the guy that spent a year in space. You hear all the, the shit that came out now about him?
0: Uh, is that Scott Kelly? Is that his name?
1: Yeah, they're saying, like, he didn't do well in space. <laughs> like, his body took a beating, so. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a story on where they're doing a comparison of, like, they said, like, his, his cell started changing, his DNA changed. Like, there's a lot of, like, weird shit that happened. So they're kind of saying, hey, maybe long term in space, like, we got to really look at this. So, um, yeah, so there's a lot of space news. The black hole came out. Um, oddly enough, there's a Ski Bum podcast logo in the black hole, which is cool.
0: Allegedly, uh, yes. We, I believe we uh, that was noticed.
1: It, it was seen uh, with the naked eye. But I came across this one. So Israel, um, Israel's Beresheet spacecraft crashes on the moon. So they had a privately funded mission to the moon and it crashed on the lunar surface after an apparent failure of its main engine. So this thing, they were going to try to land it. And they're saying the U.S., Soviet Union and China made successful uh, moon landings. Um, Israel wanted to be one of them. And the thing just like piled right into the, uh, right into the moon. And when asked, they were just like, well, if you don't get it right, you just try again. <laughs> so they're kind of like it cost a hundred million dollars, but they're like, ah, eh, we'll just chuck it into the, uh, you know, it, it got there, you know,
0: close enough.
1: It was pretty funny, but, uh, yeah. So I, I kind of, one of the things I saw about this, I was like, so at what point does it start getting dangerous, right? So let's say they're like, "Ah, screw it! It didn't. It didn't. You know, it just crashed into something." So um, with the race to space happening, do you think there's going to be more of this? Well, if we don't make it, at least we tried. You know what I mean? Like,
0: let's just. Now was anybody on that craft or not?
1: No, no, it was unmanned. They just wanted to land a the lander there. Um, I guess that's why they are like, "Ah, well, we didn't. We didn't land it. Well, it's there, so it kind of landed, but crash landed." So. Um, but yeah, so I guess they were going to land a lander, and I don't know. I think it it was also trying to go for it. Google. Google has a lunar X Prize, and it offers twenty million dollars for the first privately developed spacecraft to land on the moon. So I think it was going after that. So they spent a hundred million dollars to win the twenty million dollar prize. <laughs> so.
0: There's an obvious joke in there somewhere, folks, but I am not gonna make it. <laughs> you just just shut your damn <laughs> shut your goddamn mouth, boy. But that
1: competition ended last year. So um I guess you know that that just spurred like the imagination, people trying to trying to do missions there and stuff. So hey, you know, good for them. They're getting into space. I mean, everybody's gonna get there. I think um it was India? India they did a few launches and I think they wanted to go to the moon now too. Oh so. boy.
0: There's a joke in there
1: somewhere too. We'll see. I mean, it's going to be. I think everybody also too. Like, if you think about it, they want to claim land because if if somebody builds a little station out there, like I think Elon Musk was talking about, now you're talking about. Well, we're we're running the moon ours, you know.
0: Yeah, and of course, you know a lot of these countries and corporations that want to occupy these ter- in extraterrestrial planets. A lot of them are hoping that they're going to have some sort of minerals or, you yeah. know, something that'll make it profitable. Like, wasn't there some sort of meteorite or comet or asteroid they're saying was just made of diamonds, yeah. was flying around or gold? Well, I think it was diamonds. Crazy.
1: Yeah, they're saying. Um, I saw one. I saw a show. They were they were they were following the teams that were trying to go for that Google challenge, and one of them was saying that they believed that when they land, they were going to take samples, and that the samples they took hopefully would pay for the mission itself because it would have so much like good stuff in it, you know, like gold and whatever, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. You know, you got to have some sort of ROI on these missions here and yeah. just be willy nilly just flying out into space with, I just think they should put like a, a freaking,
1: uh, Red Bull station out there and just like do some crazy space shit out there.
0: Uh, you know what? I'd space be surprised field. if there wasn't already one out there. Space
1: skiing, like, you know, flying, you know, course flying like that you could watch through the telescope would be great.
0: Oh, well, they had the dude dropping from uh, outside the atmosphere and that yep. Red Bull platform. That's right.
1: Yeah, they can do it. Red Bull
0: sponsored uh landing. I'm surprised Red Bull hasn't already conquered Mars. Maybe, oh, maybe they did. It seems kind of up their alley. Can you imagine a
1: Red Bull Mars land uh moon lander race, a rally? is. just land like five in the man and they got to race around, like hit these points. Just freaking race. Full on race. That year.
0: would be pretty cool. You have like Ken Block kind of out there doing like yeah. donuts and stuff and racing.
1: <laughs> be like the Baja, but on the moon. Yeah. I'm pretty, pretty badass.
0: We joke now. It'll probably happen in a couple of
1: decades. Red Bull moon, man. I want to see that shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, next up, there's a company in France called flaneurs i think that's how it's pronounced i'm probably butchering it f-l-a-n-e-u-r-z and they allow you to add wheels to your favorite shoes Whoa! so what it pretty much is is your favorite sneakers and they have this they you send your shoes to them and they attach like a connector plate to your shoe on the bottom and they sell you this roller skate chassis that connects to that piece on the shoe. So cool. what you have is you have a shoe that you can walk around in, but also you have this roller blade or roller skate platform that you can connect to your shoe, nice. which means you can just walk around in your shoes, and then if you were to really travel somewhere further, you could whip out these wheels and snap them on and go.
1: That's good for commuting. Think about it. you're at the office, dude.
0: Offer. That's what I'm saying.
1: Like, little wheels in your backpack, and be like, Oop, "I got to go make my train and just zip around."
0: They're really not that big, you know. Like the yeah. the chassis part isn't that big. If you got to carry like rollerblades or roller skates around, that can get kind of big and, and burdensome. Oh. But these little chassis things are not that bad.
1: I wonder if they could do them with inline skate because um they have like I've seen skates where the blade comes off. And I saw somebody, they took the blade off for their kids' skate. I'm like, what the hell? And he's like, yeah, I'm going to have them sharpen and then put the other... So they were rotating skates. And I'm like, that's genius.
0: Yeah, it's like yeah. A, almost like a quick release on your bike. They're yeah. kind of doing that for the blades on the, on the ice skates now.
1: And I didn't know they did that. I was like, holy crap, that was ingenious. And um, so why couldn't they do that for, for inline skates for this?
0: Well, there was a company back in like the... The mid '90s, and I, f- I forget if it was called like switch it or Switchblade or something. What they did was they had this like a plastic rollerblade boot, but you could pop off the rollerblade bottom and connect an ice skate bottom. Nice. The problem was they were shitty boots, so you had a shitty ice skate and a shitty rollerblade.
1: So we're up in Canada, and um, and uh, we were looking at at uh, rollerblades. The lady there was like, "Just get your favorite hockey skate. If you're not, if your foot's not changing, take a skate that you've had for a while. Bring it to the pro shop. They'll drill out the blade and they'll pop on the roller blade on you know onto your hockey skate, and you get a nice stiffer um, light thing. Plus, it's a lot cheaper. You get a better quality and it's a lot cheaper.
0: That's been so. the thing the last yeah that lasts like even like ten fifteen years. They would they take the the better ice skate because you know." Yeah, All these like Bauer, CCM, all the, the big skate companies, they're selling way more ice skates than they're selling rollerblades. So yeah, it makes more sense for them to, to focus on that. And you find your, your pair of ice skates that you really like, you buy two pairs and you just have the, the bottom pulled off and drill on the, the rollerblade bottom. Nice. Yeah, and it's this, pretty cool. And
1: this is doing it with a regular shoe. So I guess the thing here is they put that plate on. So they mount the plate onto your regular shoe, right? Yeah. Which is nice.
0: So they're showing a pair of, of like Converse All Stars that they have. They uh, they did, and you can buy them on eBay. But you know, what? I, I was already I've already been like on the Converse website, and you can customize like your Chuck Taylors. And I've been looking at like bum podcast colors, and like to get your, the patch with your orange sweatsuit. That'd be fucking golden. Well, they were like orange and blue. Was the colors I was making up? And I'm like, you get that that our Skeebone podcast patches put on the side there. Yeah, and you get the roller the roller skate on the bottom. Yeah, fresh Great. as
1: fuck. With your orange jumpsuit. F A F. F A F. I think you'd have to do a. Uh, we'd have to do a mockup for people. We could see that.
0: That would actually be a fun little Photoshop project. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, wouldn't that be awesome? Just like rolling around. we should do that at the Boston Snow Show this year. Oh yeah, just skating around. Some see, down. we're planning ahead now. Just rolling around. Like it? That's wicked smart. And then have someone just with like a like a speaker be like, "They see me rolling, they <laughs> <hate it." laughs> just rolling by."
1: Somebody following us with some come out music would
0: be <laughs> Just playing our theme song from the podcast. That's
1: right. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> Flanners.
0: Flanners. Yeah, I think if we order them now, the the custom Chuck Taylors. And have them sent over them to have them mount the bracket on, so we can put our roller skates on there. I think we're ahead of the game early enough to make it happen. Oh yeah,
1: these things look like they just pop right on too. That's
0: what they do. Yeah, it's pretty slick. I
1: like a. I could see a James Bond thing. James Bond running in his thing, and he puts these on, and boom, he's running through the streets.
0: It is a little Bondy.
1: A little Bondy.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Very cool. All right, and we have one final story. Under the ropes here, <laughs> and I love this story. It's why are Garfield phones washing up on this French beach? <laughs> now, like, well, dude, what the fuck is going on? Sacre <laughs> yeah, bleu! we attacked. Le Garfield. For those who are little youngsters and don't know who Garfield is, actually, oh. I think even if you're like a millennial, you know who Garfield is because they made the bill murray voiced movie
1: yeah i think they know garfield
0: for some reason in the 1980s garfield was just like Rage. the best he was like the most brilliant comic is uh, you know like jim davis was like a, a hero to all i remember i used to have like when i was a kid like all those like garfield like comic book things like books of the comic strips i think i had a thermos Garfield thermos nice sweet And there was a time where they had these telephones. So this is before cell phones. You had this big orange cat
1: chassis. For those millennials, a telephone used to be a thing that you call that was plugged in and you could talk to people.
0: You couldn't take it away from the wall. It needed to be wired into the wall to make telephone calls. Yeah. There was no internet on it. There was no freaking porn. Like it was just there for talking. Just the phone. Yes. And for some reason, <laughs> there was this French, uh, the Iroi coast of Brittany in France. Like, since the 80s, there just been these Garfield phones just coming up on the shore.
1: God like, damn, there's more Garfield. you know, somebody putting two together, two and two together. Like, this is a conspiracy.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> it turns out that last week they discovered the. the the solution to this problem is that the, there was a lost container ship filled with Garfield phones that just was like sunk right off of this area here in the sea cave. So it like these phones just kind of randomly just keep floating out and like landing on the beach. That's awesome. It was almost like someone was being, was like trolling this, this entire region here. But now that they've they've discovered it and they say they can only get to this cave during low tide. Wow. It's like a secluded sea cave. And somehow this tanker must have just or the shipping container just fell and somehow got into this little tiny got wedged in perfect there, yeah. spot. Yeah.
1: That's pretty awesome. Yeah, so they say they're expecting these to keep washing up for the next <laughs> whatever years because that's just not getting wedged out. They say it's underneath it's um what is it? Uh, Stuck underneath stones, like this this big container. It's like wedged in there. They're like,
0: <sighs> yeah, they're saying it's buried and inaccessible.
1: <laughs> uh, that's awesome.
0: <coughs> yeah.
1: So for thirty five years, it's been going, and it's gonna keep going. It's pretty freaking awesome.
0: It's gonna keep going. So if you are in need of any parts for your Garfield phone. Just take a little beach vacation over to Brittany, France, and you may be lucky enough to see one roll up on the beach.
1: I wonder if they're making like Garfield art out of the
0: phones. That'd be kind of cool. I think you almost have to at this point. What else are you going to do with it? I right know. Like maybe like a freaking like, a, I guess it wouldn't be human, like a human centipede, but like a plastic garphilipede. Garphilipede? Garphilipede. Let's see.
1: Let's see this town. I if like the flag of the town or like the town symbol is like a little Garfield.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> like Garfield's the mayor in there now. Like they just have to, they have to abide. Well, think about it if this happened to like a primitive town. Like the who,
1: French Encyclopedia Brown solved this mystery.
0: Think about it. If they, didn't, if they didn't know who Garfield was and all of a sudden these things started rolling up on the shore. They would, if this was like 150 years ago, they would think that was the gods telling them that this is your new god. You shall worship that. Garfield.
1: <laughs> <laughs> off the coast of like some remote island, like where there's like.
0: And you know what? I think I project. think one big positive would come from this. Garfield hated Mondays. Maybe we should get rid of Monday or take it off. Uh, yeah. No. The weekend is now Saturday, Sunday, and Monday because it's fuck town. Monday. The town without Mondays. Yeah. Well, with them, but you get them off. That's right. Three day weekend, all the time. Thanks okay. to Garfield.
1: Sunday lasts two days, and then we go right
0: to Tuesday. <laughs> that might actually be a better way to do it. Yeah. Forty eight hour Sunday. That's awesome. Can I get pissed? That sounds like bro. a man versus food challenge.
1: Can I get pissed <laughs> off? They're like, "God damn, more phones, came up the Stupid Americans!" Garfield. Guys. And they have the video and they're showing like where it is. So I guess they can get to it during low tide and they actually filmed it.
0: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We'll have the link in the show notes if you want to check it out. And it also has the video of the Garfield phone commercial from the 80s. Oh, precious. It really is the cutest thing ever.
1: These scientists guys like going to fucking school, getting his doctorate. And now he's like doing this research to find a damn Garfield phone. <laughs> right. that's the funniest part like how, how many years of schooling went into like these dudes like trying to figure this out yeah yeah I think it's wedged right in
0: there out. Just, just wedge right in all right. all right well that wraps up the old podcast for the week thank you all so much for listening we really do appreciate it check us out skibonepodcast.com and you know what if you want you love us support us buy a shirt buy a hat you can find that at ski bum podcast.com slash shop send, send us an email if you want stickers hit us up ski bum podcast at gmail.com we're on all the socials twitter instagram facebook at ski bum podcast we are on pinterest Highfalutins. we are on soundcloud as highfalutin-ski bum also on youtube spotify so we're everywhere so check us out Thank you again so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And we'll talk to you guys next week. You. See you.